0: Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show with your host,
1: Joanne Sweeney.
0: Hello and welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills and strategic thinking. Thank you for tuning in. Leveling up your digital comms knowledge is crucial right now as we battle COVID-19, fake news, and try to win the hearts and minds of our citizens. Coming up in the show, why social media snobbery is causing more pain than good during COVID-19, I interview Alexandra Kumanovic, social media manager with the World Health Organization. She tells me how important social media is in fighting COVID-19, and she brings us behind the scenes of The Who's social media strategy. In social media news, LinkedIn stories are now available to users in Brazil. Facebook launches a suite of new video tools including group video conferencing. And WhatsApp reports a 70% reduction in the sharing of viral messages which may spread misinformation. And finally, I share my top tool to simulcast Public Sector Marketing
1: Show. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform or to the
0: Public Sector Marketing Show YouTube channel. In today's column, social media snobbery is not what we need right now. I believe there is such a thing as social media snobbery in government and public sector. Now, this isn't a lecture. It's an observation. When I'm pitching social media at the request of the organization to senior leadership, I usually open my address with one single but significant statement. And that is, leave your personal bias for social media outside the boardroom. Let's base your strategy on data, not opinions. I've long held the view that senior managers that don't understand social media and more general digital communications must either inform themselves or get the expert view of a colleague or of an external advisor. By now you know my mission and why I founded the Public Sector Marketing Institute, written Public Sector Marketing Pro, the book, and record this podcast and have my YouTube channel The Public Sector Marketing Show. I feel very strongly that the standard of public sector and government digital communications needs to be elevated in the public interest. We need to insource this knowledge in house and empower intuitive, smart, and committed civil servants who are willing to be digital transformation champions and bring their colleagues with them. Listeners to this podcast are part of the converted but I need to reach those digital dissidents who fear social media for whatever reason. This week, I was listening to the chairperson of Ireland's National Public Health Emergency Team on radio. Dr. Killian de Gascoon is the director of the National Virus Reference Laboratory at University College Dublin. During an interview on a national broadcaster, RTE, he admitted to having to learn how to communicate during this crisis and how important communications was. I understand that the medical profession, scientists, researchers, and other key academics and practitioners do not tend to train in digital communications. Maybe they feel they don't need to learn it. However, if your skill set is relevant to the global pandemic, then you will want to get a crash course in the role of digital communications in public interest messaging. The public sector marketing show. Twitter, in fact, reported a rise in new accounts being set up in March 2020 in Ireland by medics, scientists, and researchers as they wanted to join the online conversation. In this show's featured interview, the World Health Organization's social media manager describes how important the role of senior leadership buy in is to digital comms and how it has provided an antidote. To coronavirus. So if you are an expert in your field and you are responsible for public interest messaging either directly or indirectly, then take 60 minutes to watch my webinar on crisis digital comms during COVID-19. Log on to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access it. I'd also love your feedback on how you are managing crisis comm during this global pandemic. Come on the Public Sector Marketing Show. Get in touch with me. Drop me an email to info at publicsectormarketingpros.com. I first met Alexandra Kamanovich on Twitter. I was tagged in a tweet she sent where Dr. Mike Ryan of the World Health Organization applauded the work of his media and social media team, describing them as the silent heroes in the fight against COVID-19. She followed me back. I DM'd her, told her about my work and this podcast, and the rest is Twitter history. Alexandra has served as social media manager at the World Health Organization headquarters since July 2018. She is co managing the WHO's presence on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, TikTok, and Snapchat, supporting WHO top leaders in social media activities and leading social media related partnerships including those on fighting covid-19 misinformation. She joined WHO in March 2015 and served as communications consultant in the Department of Public Health and Environment prior to her current position. Before I play the interview however, I want you to listen to the excerpt from the WHO press conference on April the 17th, 2020 when Dr. Mike Ryan paid tribute to the work office social media team the public sector marketing show like to say because we never ever get a chance to do this is to really thank our media and social media teams they're the silent heroes of our response uh, and have engaged and understand that We don't go after the messenger. What we try to do is make sure that we replace bad information with good information. And uh, that's as important in fighting a virus uh, as any frontline health worker. So, chapeau to our teams who do the silent work. The Public Sector Marketing Show. Hello and welcome to the public sector marketing show. I'm delighted to welcome Alexandra Kuzmanovic, who is the social media manager with the World Health Organization headquarters, based in Geneva. You're very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Uh,
1: thank you for having me on your on your show. I'm I'm really delighted to to, to participate. So. I know you because
0: your role is very high profile at the moment and we follow each other on Twitter. But can you tell viewers and listeners a little bit about your own background? Uh,
1: Thank you. So I'm I'm a Serbian national, um, but I'm based in Geneva for over seven years now doing my master's degree in public policy and sustainable development, actually. And that brought me to, to WHO five years ago. I was working in the Department of Public Health and Environment. I was, I was working on, on communications, but then uh, two years ago, I moved to the Department of Communications uh, where I took over a role of a social media, one of the so- one of social media managers um, in headquarters. And that's my, that's my current role that I'm enjoying very much.
0: So you're managing social media for probably the most high profile organization in the world right now. Are you feeling a new level of pressure and responsibility?
1: Uh, Definitely at the moment now with COVID-19 that all eyes are at us and what we are saying. Uh, But the level of responsibility before we press any button is the same because the information we provide is about people's lives and it's about health. So if it's COVID or any other disease or health condition, we need to be 100% sure that this information is uh, cleared and right uh, before we send it out. Because it's really, really, I'm, I'm passionate about health and I love my job and it's great to have social media nowadays to inform public about how, what they can do to protect their health and also what they need to know about um, new diseases or, or new treatments, et cetera. But on the other side, it's a huge responsibility behind every word that is in a tweet. Some people think, oh, it's, it's just a tweet, but it's not just a tweet. Putting so uh, much information into one or two lines in a tweet is a huge responsibility.
0: And it's also a skill, Alexandra. Let's let's be fair. It's a huge skill that is learned with experience. So, how has COVID nineteen changed your working day?
1: So, definitely, COVID um, seeks from us that we are twenty four seven present because it is present all around the world, and we need to be present and relevant for every country and people anywhere in the in the world. Uh, the demand is high um, definitely then we are working seven days a, a week in general but this increased as well the need for us to be present on social media. Um, also when outbreak happens, there's a lot of misinformation and it's, it's not something new that's happening with COVID-19, but it's just, it's the first outbreak of this size that it happens since social media evolved so much. So that, that puts more pressure for us to be fast with information or, uh, responding to rumors or misinformation so that we can protect people and let them know what is the the right way to protect themselves. Um, so definitely it puts more of a pressure and luckily during this time, we also managed to expand our team. Um, we also expanded our presence to more social media platforms to reach as many people as possible with reliable and trusted information.
0: So let's talk about the social media platforms in particular. Which ones are proving very useful and, and which ones have you expanded to?
1: So. Where we have our highest presence is Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Uh, definitely, we are most active. I mean, platforms function differently, and therefore our strategy of how we use each platform is different. Um, following the the new developments on algorithms and platforms, but also our content and learning by doing. Like we are adjusting. Digital media is uh, transforming every day. That way, we also follow new trends and adjust uh, adjust our our presence. But definitely, we use Twitter for the wide range of audience, uh, from general public to governments, media, uh, policymakers, while on other channels, our audience is mostly general public. So then, as well, depends which type of messaging we are posting on on these platforms. Um, since the outbreak started, we expanded our presence on TikTok, uh, Snapchat. We also launched for the first time a WhatsApp channel with the chatbot on COVID-19. We launched a Viber chatbot that we didn't have before. We, we launched as well Facebook Messenger chatbot. So these are all new products and way of using social media that we've never done um, before. And this was all run by idea that we want to reach as many people as possible with reliable and, and and trusted information in real time.
0: And of course, while people are in lockdown, their social media usage has mm-hmm. increases, increased. So in, in Italy, we saw that social media time spent was up by 70%. So this makes perfect sense that you're trying to reach people through all available channels. We, we know about social media influencers, right, and predominantly maybe when, we, when you talk about a social media influencer, you might think about a blogger or an Instagrammer, but my eyes have firmly been on your uh, Director General, Dr. Tedros, as being an influencer right now. How is he coping and, and responding to uh, the attention from, from social media in particular?
1: I would say we are lucky to have a leader who understands the power of social media and the importance of social media in the 21st century. So he also, with his um, leadership and taking over the role as the director general, he actually brought a new view uh, to many people in the organization, not the social media team per se, but he brought with himself that that social media is important and we must use it better. So that's really helped us uh, to expand our presence, but also uh, for other people to understand the importance of it. So he's not just external influencer when it comes to social media, he's an inspirational leader for many of us in the organization to use social media better, to explain WHO role, to explain what we do, and most importantly, to provide our recommendations to wider audiences than through traditional media. Definitely having leader as such helps and uh, he understands and his appetite for social media is, is big. He uses his phone uh, a lot. He's on top of everything. He's on top of information flow around him through social media or other digital uh, platforms. So um, it's really good to have personality and leader as, as him uh, in, in, in this, in this uh, pandemic.
0: And he is not the only person that is giving recognition and putting a value on social media communications. I was really pleased to to see a tweet that you sent recently, which was a video clip of Dr. Mike Ryan, who is also from Ireland, like myself. And he praised the silent heroes being the World Health Organization media and social media team. And just pay tribute to your contribution to fighting COVID nineteen. How important was that? That shout out to you and your colleagues. Uh,
1: it it was um, it really melted my heart listening to it. To be honest, um, we we I personally appreciate Dr. Mike Ryan very much um, as a WHO expert and one of our top leaders as well. Um, and it really it it really helps to have leadership that understands importance of communications in general and the role we are, we, we are having. And as well, they know how much time and efforts and work is there behind the scenes to communicate all the work that our, our experts are doing on the, on the ground. So um, it's an enabling factor for us to do all we want or need to do Uh, to communicate with people about about this pandemic. And it's not always the case to have the leadership that understands importance of communication and still digital communication. It's not, especially in huge systems and bureaucratic systems like we are in a way. um, We have a lot of people who are very traditional and they are great experts, and uh, they stand behind the science in their fields. And I have all full respect for all of my colleagues. I've been learning so much being in this role of social media, and then working with all different departments in the house and, and offices. But it's it would be harder if we had um, an expert who doesn't who is leading the response, but not understanding importance as well to communicate on what we are doing.
0: So apart from you leveraging the power of the social networks to communicate vital public health information around COVID-19. The social networks also play an important role. How have they been collaborating with you for public good?
1: Um, Thank you for asking this and I must say that our collaboration with social media companies and broader than social media other tech companies in this outbreak has been amazing. Uh, we received uh, a support more than ever. Uh, they've been working on, like, some of those companies, uh, we already had established relationship and kind of collaboration. So when the outbreak started, this, it was just a natural transition starting, okay, what are we doing about this? And then we started with Facebook having, um, directing their users to WHO or national health authorities when people search for information. Then that evolved Into um, a a box popping in your feed uh, as well to go to one of those resources. Then it moved to dedicated pages on social media across social media platforms where they collect the latest news from WHO, Ministry of Health, Public Health Institute, depending on the on the person's location. Now it goes to a wider range of products of creative um uh, tools in the platforms for people to communicate especially during this time when people are asked to stay at home uh so it's it's coming from all platforms we established as i said we were working already a lot with facebook with twitter um, then we we established our, our TikTok account, uh, Snapchat, uh, we strengthened our collaboration with LinkedIn, but as well with Tencent and Chinese social media platforms that are working very closely since the beginning with our country office in China. So this is not just uh, in particular parts of the world or, or just few platforms, it's, it's really global effort. And, and companies, if we were not having relationship already or reaching out, they were reaching out to us and and offering us help. So at some point, I was also overwhelmed with like all all, all offers coming my way uh, to, to manage all, all of these. And of course, in, in, in such moment, you don't want to miss any opportunity because at the end of the day, you contribute to saving lives. And any opportunity you have to put your information not your WHO's information or uh, reliable health information there, it's important. And we're also glad that companies are uh, directing people to national institutes where they can receive information in their own language. We also expanded our efforts to translate information, uh, but we do have limited capacities. And we also learned not only in this outbreak, but we had some examples at the beginning that some people had misunderstanding lost in translation of some recommendation. So it's it's really important to be there in as many channels as possible, but also to provide information in as many languages as possible.
0: So you've been discussing digital communications and as we know, it's broader than social media. What role has your website played in your communications
1: so website is our is the face of the organization we uh, we extract key messages from from our documents and recommendations in different creative ways uh, in social media to attract people's attention and to simplify as well the information that they can take and apply immediately but the website is the place where all our information uh, is placed and we also worked on, on creating um, more interesting and interactive pages and that they are very prominent on our homepage. So when people search for information and come to the website, it's the first what they see is COVID-19. And then different sections, either for general public or for, for policymakers or for scientists or for health workers, because there's a lot of guidance uh, that that our uh, colleagues prepare and publish every day for different different group of, re- of responders
0: let's talk about press briefings in particular the the daily briefings that you are delivering to the media but also to the public you've embraced live streaming has this been a new development i see you on linkedin on twitter on facebook and um, how is your how is that strategy going
1: uh, so definitely uh, live streaming, it's its not new for us, but it's definitely new that we do it simultaneously on several platforms at the same time. Um, we used to do some of these uh, on Facebook and Twitter in parallel, but now we are doing them on LinkedIn. We will soon introduce them as well on TikTok. Um some sessions we do on Instagram, not not press briefings. Um, also, we are trying to do as as many as possible, given the time availability of our experts. Q and A's with our experts. Uh, that's the product that we have um, uh, from before, but it's even important now to to for people to understand different aspects of the outbreak as well and what different experts. Uh, which kind of advice they are they are, they are providing to people to 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 stay safe? So uh, definitely uh, in this pandemic we expanded our presence through uh, live stream and and uh, pressers. Um, and to be honest, viewership is just growing. Um, I was I was thinking that maybe through time um, it will go down, but it's just going up uh, and and up and it, that proves as well that people are still hungry for, for reliable information and and coming and following our press briefings and what Dr. Tedros, Dr. Mike Ryan and Maria Van Kinkove, our our key expert on coronaviruses, uh, are, are saying every few days.
0: So what would you say is your single greatest challenge right now? And I do appreciate that you you probably have many, but if there was one that was really challenging you or frustrating you right
1: now, what would that be? I think uh, from my perspective is to respond to all demands and to all the opportunities that we are having with with digital platforms. Um, I mean, this is like uh, you have all different platforms, partners, ideas open for you there, Um, but the day is too short um, to utilize them all properly. So... It's still my challenge how best to use all of these resources again with the aim to deliver reliable information to to as many people as, as, as possible
0: So a question that will definitely help your colleagues in in government and public sector communications, apart from the social networks themselves and using them natively, what software tool or app is really helping you right now in your work?: Oh
1: so there are different. Tools and I, I would say as well, what helped me a lot is besides some digital tools and for example social bakers that we are using for for monitoring. There is also Crowd Tangle that we 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 have uh, and that Facebook colleagues also helped us build some dashboards for us to save us some some time. Um, I think as well, continuous communication with people working for these companies. I'm, I find the most helpful, and I'm using this opportunity to to say thank you to colleagues in Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, Tencent, and others uh, for um, continuous conversations on a weekly basis, uh, providing us with suggestions, uh, feedback, and also like doing some doing some work for us because it it really helps to have partners in in this time. And also my colleagues in in regional office and country office and the whole team in, in, in HQ and the whole organization, it's really a team effort. There's no single social media, WHO social media post that is just one person behind it. There is a whole chain of scientists who are working sometimes for years to provide us with information. Then there are other communications colleagues who are packaging this information and then it comes to us when we repackage it for social media, and we have different creative colleagues or designers who help us to present this, and our audiovisual team producing videos for us, um, so it's really team effort. And and um, I, I'm using now the opportunity to to express my thanks um, for, for the partners, but also for all my colleagues in in house.
0: And I'm sure they will all very much appreciate uh, you saying thank you. There are the main viewers of this show and listeners are your peers who are working in public sector communications and each of them have their own challenges and each of them are playing their part to save lives in the fight against COVID-19. What piece of advice or solace can you give them right now?
1: Number one, listen to your audience. Uh, Things that work for maybe for WHO um, don't work on your channels. And we see that across different W.H.O. channels, what works for us on HQ headquarters, working, communicating on global level, it's not necessarily the best tactic for our regional, one of our regional offices or country offices, because the audience is different. Um, so I think the number one is whichever platform you're using, and uh, it's the number one is listen to your audience what do they want to hear and or in which way they are consuming the information the best? So if you understand your audience and how they think, that's that's the the number one recipe for success, in, in my opinion. And then it goes creativity and then it goes thinking outside the box, how you can challenge them, how you can be how you can stick out from others in the in the in the newsfeed and to be honest we are we are providing serious information we are all serious organizations and when you go through the news feed you see plenty of people on your friends photos from holidays from uh, children's birthday or, or delicious food so it's a lot of creatives that all of us prefer to see rather than to read uh, serious content so it's a harder challenge for us and we also have in the public sector we we don't have resources for marketing agencies and um, for, so we need, to, we need really to think hard how to, how to get attention for, for our content and, and information.
0: I have one final question for you. How are you minding yourself, your own mental health and well-being? You're working seven days a week. There's no immediate respite on the horizon for you in terms of, you know, a vaccine or or COVID-19 disappearing. So what are you doing to mind you? Uh,
1: I love my job. That's the first thing. And um, our mission is to keep the world safe, promote health, keep the world safe and serve the vulnerable. And that definitely drives me every morning and late night with my job is that the world needs us now. Um, but... What I do is I do follow our recommendations when, I'm, uh, when I, I walk to the office and I walk back home from the office. Um, when I have some time over the weekend, I, I love rollerblading. So that's one or two hours for my mental health more than for my physical health, but it, it helps both. So, yes, I, I, do, I do my best as well to, to find some time for myself during the, during the week.
0: Alexandra, thank you so much for sharing your your insights and being so honest with, with all of us. I really appreciate your time. It's something that you don't have a lot of, but I think the value of this interview and this conversation um, will extend worldwide and um, people will certainly take solace from how you are managing COVID-19 in a communications role. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. And I really hope that for my colleagues watching this as well, uh, that they will they will use social media as much as possible to to help us deliver information that people need from us most, more than ever. Thank you for for inviting me.
0: Thank you. Social media news.
1: LinkedIn stories are now available
0: to users in Brazil. It will be interesting to see how behind the scenes content goes down on professional networking social media site LinkedIn. I'm a huge fan of stories. I'm also a huge fan of LinkedIn, as it's the main platform that I use to engage with you, public sector pros. It's also great for discoverability. So I'm looking forward to getting the feature. For now, Brazilians will be the first to try it. Emulating the feature already on YouTube, Instagram and Facebook, stories on LinkedIn look much the same. Some other points to note. Stories creation will only be available on mobile at launch phase. The maximum length of a video in a story is 20 seconds, so five seconds longer than Instagram and Facebook. Stories will last for 24 hours, but users will be able to save individual stories frames. Users will be able to share their story directly with another LinkedIn member via message. Users will also be able to share other people's stories via message. Stories viewers will be able to message the story creator direct from a stories frame, though users will not be able to message company pages from stories, at least in the initial launch phase. And users will be able to control what profile information they display in a stories viewer list via their settings. Whenever you get LinkedIn stories, I'm looking forward to watching your content. The Public Sector Marketing Show. Facebook launches a suite of new video tools, including group video conferencing. The Facebook development team have been busy to fast track new video tools to help users during lockdown from COVID-19. Here's what's new across all of their businesses. The capacity of group video calls on WhatsApp goes from four to eight participants. You can add up to 50 people to a messenger video chat with the remainder in audio only mode. Over on Messenger, Facebook is adding new effect tools to improve or alter your video chat presentation. Facebook's adding 360 virtual backgrounds to change the look of where you are in video calls. A new Messenger Rooms option that will be hosted in Facebook Messenger, but will be made available across all of Facebook's apps, providing a new option for people that want to set up virtual unplanned hangouts to catch up. Messenger Rooms looks a lot like Zoom and that's likely a key inspiration as its user-based jumped from 10 million to 200 million with lockdown. Up to 50 people will be able to join a room at a time and there will be no time limits on how long a room can run for. In Zoom, the free version, you were limited to 40 minutes. Rooms will not be available to Facebook pages, so you won't be able to create a separate room meetup under your page or company name. You'll need to do so via a personal account. You can also schedule your room meetups. You can also send room invites across Facebook apps, even to people without a Facebook account, and they can join via a URL. If you're using any of the new tools, let me know, I'd love your feedback. The Public Sector Marketing Show. WhatsApp reports a 70% reduction in the sharing of viral messages, which may spread misinformation. Staying with the company Facebook, their WhatsApp platform reported a positive reduction in the spreading of misinformation on the chat app. WhatsApp now restricts sending a message that has already been shared five times or over and will only be allowed to be forwarded to one person or a group at any one time. I think we've all received those random fake messages with COVID-19 conspiracies. I even got a spiritual cure WhatsApp message from my mother. Clearly she meant well, but clearly it was fake news. So good job, WhatsApp developers. Today's top tool is OneStream Live, which allows me to multicast the public sector marketing show video interviews. This tool is a great solution for vloggers who want to schedule or simultaneously stream their YouTube show or other video assets across multiple channels. OneStream.live is a live broadcasting service for sending out pre-recorded content as a live broadcast to the most popular platforms, including YouTube, Facebook, and even Periscope. In fact, it broadcasts to over 40 channels. There's a free version, which is definitely worth testing at onestream.live. The Public Sector Marketing Show. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. I'll see you on the next episode and be sure to share this podcast with a government pro you know. Yours in digital, Joanne. Thank you for listening to the Public Sector Marketing Show.